Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Again, guys, if you are just joining us this morning, 
we are going to be discussing seven tips for tackling perpetual overwhelm. And I say perpetual overwhelm because I, when I get into the defining of this, it'll make a little bit more sense. But when I first consult with clients, so many of them express that they are reaching out to me because they truly feel overwhelmed uh, with the process of their branding or launching their business, their strategy behind that. And guys, I, this is something that I, I commonly will express to them is that overwhelm is actually a state of mind. And by definition, you know, if you look at the definition of overwhelm, uh, according to Merriam-Webster, overwhelm actually means to bury or drown beneath a huge mass or to defeat completely. And I want to share this this morning that, guys, if you're alive, you are merely creating the perpetual never over and never ending rather overwhelm in your mind. Now that's not to suggest that life can't get complicated or that feelings of anxiousness or stress can't set in or they aren't real, but more often than not, that quote overwhelm that we're experiencing is actually brought on by the actions or lack thereof that we take in our daily lives. And so today what I wanna do is I wanna discuss seven ways that you can start tackling the chaos and you can take back control. So I'm gonna dive on into these. I do with, wanna with make that, sure- Hey, with that, Michelle, overwhelm, you know, uh, happens to many of us, uh, all of us at some time. And the, and the big challenge with overwhelm is when you feel like you're overwhelmed, you know what you do? You know what you do? You do nothing. <laughs> and that's, that's the exact opposite of the prescription, right? You get you get frozen in the, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed. And you, you sit there in neutral. Uh, so, so today we're, we're going to fight that. We're going to show somebody how to take that clutch and put it in gear and get, get some momentum, right? Isn't that the purpose of, you know, everything in my life is automotive, uh, but isn't that the purpose of first gear? What's the purpose of first gear when you're teaching somebody to drive a stick shift? The first gear is to get the car moving, to get you rolling, to get a little bit of momentum. And then once you're in that gear and you're rolling, you can't stay there long or you kill the engine. You've got to then shift up to another gear. And I think that's very analogous to what you're speaking to today. Yes. And I love that you made that analogy. First gear. Yes. You can only stay there for a short period of time. And so we're gonna dive on into these guys. I love talking about first gear because first things first, right? We hear that frequently, but number one, number one, you need to identify the root cause of your state of mind and or the tasks that are causing your emotional state of overwhelm. And I say this so often here on Breakfast with Champions, but you can't create solutions for things that you don't first identify and acknowledge. And when you actually pinpoint the problem, I really believe that you're one step closer to, as Brian said, second gear, right? You're one step closer to a solution. So one of the things that I always recommend when I start first working with a client is I literally have them grab a physical pen and paper, not the notepad on their computer, not the notepad on their phone. I am an old fashioned pen and paper. I know the remarkables come out. I still haven't gotten on board with that, but grab a pen and paper. And I want people to write out the stressors or their current circumstances. And I have people feel free to list as many that they can think of. Ordinarily, people aren't listing, you know, hundreds of things. It's usually, you know, five to 10. Uh, these are the things that I'm going through. But once I have them write down that list, what I want them to do next is I want them to order those by the level of stress, stress indicator, right? So if you've listed 10 items, for example, 10 things that you have on your plate right now you feel that are just adding to the stress or adding to the quote overwhelm of your life, assign the number 10 to the item that you deem as your biggest 
hurdles. So that's step number one, identifying the root cause, right? And then writing those things down and in order by number 10 being the, the most stressful or the most overwhelming task that you're facing all the way on down the line. And then when you get to that point, that's when we get to gear or step number two, which is to explore the outcomes. Guys, one thing that if, if I've learned anything in business, it's that fear seems to be one of the greatest causes of overwhelm in our daily lives, right? We have this tendency as human beings that we focus on the worst possible outcomes rather than allowing ourselves to explore or embrace the best possible solutions, right? So when I feel like this, what I find is extremely helpful is I take that list that I just wrote down, right? And I break it down. I break down that list of the overwhelming tasks or scenarios, and then I start to consider all possible outcomes so that I can devise solutions to fix them. So an example of this, right? And, and guys, this is just, this is something completely random, but I think it's something that many people, especially just starting out in business, deal with. So an example of something that I might write down, right? would be I'm feeling overwhelmed because my business isn't making money, right? So what are the outcomes, right? I can quit, like Brian said, right? But if I quit, I fail. So that's one possible outcome, mm -hmm. right? What happens if I don't quit? If I don't quit, my business might start making money. So if I take those options and I break them down into solutions, I have to ask myself the questions, right? What can I do differently so that my business starts making money, right? So I might write down things like I can connect with more people to tell about my business, or I could ramp up my social media presence. I could hire a coach or a mentor to improve my brand and my marketing or my sales. I could post flyers in my community or shake some hands so that more people know who I am and what I do. But by breaking down your stressors, it actually becomes a lot more manageable and you can create solutions for those things rather than just keeping all of that onto your plate and trying to attack everything at once. The biggest reason that we begin to feel overwhelmed is because we try and just take it all on rather than breaking things down into bite-sized manageable chunks. Would you not agree with that, Brian? I, I would. This is really uh, Tony Robbins 101, right? The first step you talked about is, is really the capture uh, portion of what, what uh, Robbins would talk about. You you, you want to take everything, everything that's got to get done and capture it, put it on paper. And I'm with you. I, you know, I, it drives me freaking crazy. What my my one of my EAs, uh, Rachel, and I love her to death, but she's always with the phone. She's always with the phone, and she's texting and she's making notes in the phone. And you know, you know what the reality is with that? The reality is she's making notes in the phone that she's never going to access ever again. So what's the point? I, I have right now six books next to me that are journals, and maybe I'm psychotic with this stuff. But, you, you know, I, I think if life is worth living, it's worth capturing, documenting, and journaling. And I promise you now, if you do this and you look back five years from now at what you saw as a problem today, five years from now, you're going to laugh at it. You know, it's just like, what? <laughs> I, I was worried about that. What? Uh, unless you've done nothing about it. And then that five years uh, has turned that little problem into a monster. But, I, you know, but the, the act of writing everything down, I think, is is critical. And, and have a, you know, have a, uh, a release. Get it all out. Throw up. Get it out on paper. Ah, everything. And then after you think you've thrown it all up, throw up a little more. Ah, and get it on paper. And then, and then, and then what you're going to do, right? Then the next step in that is to 
to sort of chunk or to put those things together that make sense to be put together, right? If you're, you're going to go on a nutrition plan, a fitness plan, put together, join a gym, put together, get new sneakers, put together, uh, go back to that diet that works for me, put together, hire a coach, put together, read about this, put together, get up early, put together, uh, you know, all these things and you chunk those together and bam, that goes there. And then when it's finance, right? It's You want to chunk those things that, that are in finance. Okay, stop spending money. Okay, that's first step. Let's And now let's start, let's take a look at the debt, right? Let's take a look at the debt and let's deal with that. The highest interest rate things first and the lowest interest rate things last. And, and then let's get on the other side of that, the offense side. Let's see we're earning this and how do we earn more? And, and, and all of a sudden, you, all of a sudden your car's in gear and it's rolling, man. It's rolling and you start to get a little bit of momentum as you chunk these ideas and you come up with a plan, you come up with a strategy. Nobody knows you better than you know you. And that doesn't mean we don't seek guidance from other people, but you start to get a little bit of momentum. And I'm deadly when I've got, if I see a little bit of progress, I'm deadly. I'm a sucker for progress. You lose weight one gram at a time. You, you, you get richer one dollar at a time. It's just a little bit of momentum before we get ready to go into second gear. Bam. Love it, love it, love it. And yes, you are entirely responsible for your own life. You know, one analogy that I share with people, I literally will hold up a blank notebook and I say, look at this, see? This is what the world owes you, absolutely nothing. But one thing that I do think is really important, and this is something that helped me, it was something that I, I feared for a very long time, but taking us into tip number three, which I believe that at some point, everybody needs a little bit of help, right? There is no shame in asking for assistance. So that's number three on my list today is ask for assistance. When you're dealing with that perpetual overwhelm, one of the biggest ways that we continue living in that perpetual overwhelmed state is by trying to be a one-person show. And guys, I am speaking purely from the heart and purely from experience here, both in life and in business. Deep down, I think we all have this notion that we have to be Superman or Superwoman. And where that comes from is a place of ego and pride. And worst of all, it's our fear or worry of what other people would think. So this is my advice to you today. If you take nothing else away from this, let that nonsense go, right? Our egos will lead us to believe that people are constantly scrutinizing our every move or they're out to irrevocably harm us or our business. When in reality, what we usually are never given a second thought, right? People are far too involved with trying to figure out their own state of overwhelm and their own issues to worry about ours, right? So you have to let that go. You have to stop living in a state of mind that you are fearful of what other people think. And once you release that idea that you have to please everybody, that's when I say you get very, 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 <laughs> very like in tune, right? You have to be in tune and you have to be intentional and pick a handful of people that you know might be able to take some of those things off your plate or lend a hand, right? Maybe you just need to invest in an employee or maybe you need a part-time babysitter or a weekly house cleaner, whatever it is, you know, as Brielle, you know, was talking about this morning, like how important our time is, right guys, time is not infinite. We only get this one life to live. So whatever it is, I promise you that the time you're going to get back is going to in part be more valuable than the money that you will spend. So if your excuse this morning is, oh, I can't afford to hire someone to help me, or I can't afford to hire someone to take this thing off my plate, 
or I can't afford to hire someone to watch the kids for a couple of hours or, wh or whatever the case may be. Guys, just think in the state of imagining how much more money you could make if you had back the time that you've spent, A, devoting to those menial tasks, and B, the time that you you spent stressing over them, right? If nothing else, right, if absolutely nothing else, I understand people, no matter, no matter what I say, are going to still come up with an excuse for why they can't do A, B, C, D, or E. But listen, if nothing else, my recommendation is that you go in search of a mentor who can help you manage your time more effectively. And that in itself will give you back some peace of mind, right? I, I tell people all the time, if I could have taken myself five years ago, right, I could go back five years you know, at the kind of the height of when I was really trying to, to scale out my brand, if someone would have come to me and said, Michelle, here, here's a list of all of the time wasters, all of the tasks that you are doing that you need to be hiring someone else to do so that you can focus on working on the brand and the business itself, I would have so much time and I would have had a lot more money a lot earlier on. So that's my recommendation, guys. Like I said, if you're dealing with that full plate of things, you need to, after you break it down and start identifying your solutions, you need to find the right team of people that can delegate, you can delegate to. I think it was, uh, I think it was Lolita. It said a couple of months ago, the concept of dad, right? Delegate and disappear. And even Liza Borges said, you know, what would happen? Think of it in terms of if you were not here, right? What would happen a year from now if you were not here, if you were not the one working on your business? Would your business survive? And at the, at the time in my life five years ago, the, the answer would have been an overwhelming no, because it was all me trying to do every single solitary thing all the time. And until I learned how to delegate some of those tasks and responsibilities, I was continuing to live in that state of overwhelm. And I want to take us to tip number four, too, and then I want to get back over to Brian. This kind of goes right along with it. So tip number four is learning how to say no and meaning it. Guys, this literally, like I said, one of the greatest causes of overwhelm in my life and business, especially as I was as I was scaling out, was feeling like I had to say yes to people, places, and things, even if they weren't aligned with my purpose, right? Again, going back to that people-pleasing mentality, right? If you're always saying yes, you're going to inevitably bite off way more than you can chew. And what ends up happening is that you overpromise and underdeliver. So my suggestion and advice on this is to pick the projects or the pastime that add genuine value to your life and to your soul, right? Just because you're good at something, that doesn't mean that it's your passion. And you know, when I first launched my company, one of the things that I advertised, I'm a brand strategist, and you know, and so I try to do all things branding. Right. But one of the first things that I did and advertised was that I could build websites. Right. And I'm great at building websites. But what I ended up realizing through going through that process and advertising that so many people would come to me and say, hey, I need a website. And all that it ended up doing for me, it, it made me realize that I absolutely hated building websites. Right. So I eventually got to this place where I simply had to tell people no. And by doing that, what I was able to do is I was able to create opportunities for other people who genuinely loved to build websites. And as a result of me sticking to my passion and my guns and saying no to that area, I ended up paving the way for another growing business. And now what happens is we send each other referrals for work to do the things that we love. And it really creates a win-win for me. I don't know how to do something any longer or devote time to something that I'm truly not passionate about. And then that person that is passionate about that, now we have a great working business relationship where we can send business back and forth. I get to do what I love. She gets to do what she loves. And now that huge task 
is off of my plate. Now, guys, I'm not by any means saying, you know, you don't go and hang out at Chuck E. Cheese. I'm not a fan of that either. Or you don't go and do something that the significant other likes to do, right? You know, we're, compromise is a totally different conversation, right? But generally speaking, if it is not lighting a fire within your soul, please don't commit to doing it. As just like Brian would say, no is a complete sentence, right? So I would love to come back to you, Brian, on that. You know, what are your thoughts on, of course, asking for help, but more importantly, learning how to say no to things that you're not passionate about? Well, the uh, statement you just made, no is a complete sentence, was given to me by a, a life coach that I hired. And the life coach is a very nice euphemism for a, a psychiatrist. And in 2008, I, I had the good fortune of reaching out to somebody for help. There was the... Um, the recession was going on. Uh, I'm the captain of the ship, and I know that I'm going to have to make some really difficult decisions who stays on the ship and who is off of the ship. And I'd like to believe that at the time, everybody that was on the ship was a valuable part of the ship. Everybody certainly was a person, a person that uh, has dignity, that has a family. And But I, you know, still, as the, the captain, you've got to make sometimes those tough decisions. And I was struggling with it, and I reached out to uh, a psychiatrist to, to walk through what I had to go through. And that, that woman was um, J.C. Herman, Dr. Dr. J.C. Herman, and she was and is phenomenal and uh, has been an off and on life coach for me. And one of those golden nuggets that she gave me of many was that no is a complete sentence. And so, so many times, so many of us feel the need to say no and then justify our no with it, you know, because I got this and I got that. And, you know, it's just not necessary. No is a complete sentence. And learning uh, how to and when to say no without feeling the need uh, to explain yourself is a, a really good way to start setting yourself free. Uh, something else you, you spoke about, Michelle, is time and, you know, and, and hiring a mentor or hiring a coach. And I, I don't like to promote other people's products um, uh, on this stage, but, you know, we are here for motivation, inspiration, and hopefully uh, help uh, for people listening. And uh, there's a great... Uh, program that's available digitally. It's probably about $250, and I've purchased the program. I purchased it in CD form. I purchased it digitally, and, and I go back to it every single year of my life, and it's Tony Robbins' The Time of Your Life, and it is such a golden 10-day uh, journey into your own soul, and you know certainly you can't get more time. There's 24 hours in a day, but how to optimize that? And you know, uh, Tony explains a lot of what you're talking about, Michelle. It's really the questions you're asking yourself are these questions that empower you, and the questions that you ask yourself do determine what you focus on. So if you say, "Why am I so fat?" You, you, your brain's going to come up with an answer because you like chunky food, you like pizza, you like uh, drink too much, you, you you sleep too much, and and and, and you know so. You know, it, when you start asking better questions, you know, how can I lose weight and really enjoy the process? That's a different question. And, and you, you can move yourself in that direction. How do I get my shit together? It's not as, as powerful as how do I become the champion that I know is within me? How can I make my life better? And you start asking better questions. You start driving your car now that you've got it in gear towards the target, you know, and, and the target is what do you want? Why do you want it? And I think so many people struggle with that. I have yet to see, I have yet to find uh, a course, a mentor, a program that uh, does this better 
than what Tony Robbins did. And I don't know how old the series is, man, maybe it's 20 years old, but you know, some people, they want the new shiny object. They want the three minute hack. They want to one day to have more time program. And, and sadly, you know, I don't think that exists, but this is something that's condensed and I'm not selling it. I'm trying to share with, with you something that is a great direction for just what you're talking about, Michelle. Get your stuff all lined up. Develop a plan. Ask this, the important question, what is it that you want? And then start moving with a purpose, on purpose, towards that particular direction. And something else uh, that you said, because you unloaded a lot, so I'm responding a lot. You said that you... Um, to build a website and that you're good at building websites, but you found that you didn't like them. The reality is what you were looking to do, what you're actually looking to do is the jobs to be done. You, you, you don't want to be that one incremental solution to somebody building a website. What you wanted to do is the total job to help that person, those people connect with business, connect with an outcome, which is a transaction, whatever that transaction is, and whatever the purpose of that website, that's much more fulfilling uh, than simply creating a website, a landing page, and, and something else. But when you can uh, have success in uh, creating and fulfilling jobs to be done, right? Somebody who goes to the store to buy a drill, as my good friend Jay Abraham spoke of, is not looking to buy a drill, they're looking to buy a hole. And that hole is going to be to maybe put a picture on a wall. And that picture on the wall is to beautify a room. So when someone's going to buy a drill, if you understand the job to be done is to beautify a room, you're more capable, better prepared to solve what the actual needs are of the client. Yes, my friend, you, you hit it so perfectly you hit the nail on the head and, and that was what I was struggling with it was it was really trying to figure out like who am I what do I want to do what do I bring to the table and I realized that I was more focused on the end result for people and trying to create that broad solution than focusing on the menial task and like I said now I've been able to refer out so much business in so many different verticals and at the end of the day when I focused on my passion now it's come back to me tenfold hey, so Dr. I, I Shapiro's got something she wants to add so let's let her chime in come on in Dr. Shapiro, did you have something you wanted I'm to so, add? I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't raise my hand. I raised my hand to get back on stage. I'm sorry, I dropped. Oh no worries. No, no problem. Then sod you. We'll stick you back there and uh and and carry on. All right. Well, it is time to reset the room, guys. If you're just joining us this morning. We are so glad that you are here this fabulous Friday. If this is your first time with us, just know that you are in Breakfast with Champions. This is the Millionaire Breakfast Club. And I want to let you know this morning, guys, we are not just on Clubhouse. So maybe you popped in midway through somebody's segment this morning and, and you want to go back and catch that. Guys, we have the Breakfast with Champions podcast, as well as we have pages all over social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And of course, we are now starting to branch out uh, into places like Wisdom, which is uh, the new talk app. I just actually signed up myself yesterday, so I'll be diving into that this weekend. But guys, we want to be there for you wherever you are. So just to make sure you can connect with us across all platforms, go over to Breakfast with Champions Club at on Instagram. You can also go to breakfastwithchampions.live. You can click through those links, and from there, you can follow us absolutely anywhere that you want to stay connected. So, guys, this morning, what we are talking about, we're talking about trimming a different kind of fat 
which is basically to be tackling the perpetual overwhelm in your life. And I think this is something that a lot of new business owners face. And even if you're not a business owner, life's going to throw you some curveballs. So making sure that you just have some things that you can do to, to prepare for when that time comes, I think that it's absolutely essential. So we're going to go on into number five, and I will recap all of these. As always, you guys can click on my profile picture, join my VIP text club for free, and we'll make sure that we get these over to you as well. So number five, and the last few of these are kind of unconventional, but these are things that I do in my personal life um, that have helped me to kind of deal when I have, you know, especially at the end of the month and I have 10,000 things it feels like on my plate. Uh, so some people might think that these are counterproductive, but in reality, uh, they actually help to ramp up my productivity when I'm dealing with that state of chaos. So number five is plan a date with yourself, right? I think one of the biggest ways that overwhelm creeps in is on account of us not spending enough time in our happy places and moments. And that's not to say don't put in the work, right? You have to put in the work. But we can become so distracted by the daily grind that we somehow lose sight of what's actually important to us. Just like you should say no to the things that are not setting your soul ablaze, you need to learn to say yes to the things that do. Even if that means blocking time off of your calendar or scheduling a date with yourself or your friends, significant other kids, whomever, whatever it is that's going to bring you joy. Guys, if there's anything that I've learned over the last near, near eight years now in business, it's that self-care isn't selfish. It's absolutely essential to your overall state of mind and well-being. And I have this weekly routine that no matter what, and people are going to laugh at this, but at 5 p.m. on Fridays, my phone goes on to Do Not Disturb. Like, that's my one day. Friday nights, it goes on D&D. I literally turn up my music and I dance my week off. L like, literally. I, I, like, dance around my house. Sometimes, you know, I'm cleaning or I cook my favorite meals with that, but that's the time where I just unwind. If I'm not doing 75 hard, which, you know, I'm on day 12 now, I think of phase one, you know, I might have a glass of wine. If my other half's not out of the country working, you know, we'll plan a spontaneous date night. But whatever is going on at the day, 5 p.m., I intentionally shut off my phone. I shut off my brain. And I literally just decompress. And when I started doing that, I was absolutely amazed at what planning that me time did for my stress levels. It made me so much more productive. If I was trying to tackle, you know, some monstrous task or some monstrous project, it gave me that push to be able to complete it or to be able to brainstorm new ideas and new things to do. And it really, 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 it, it gets you out of your own head. It gets you out of your own way. And uh, I'm going to go into tip number six as well, because <laughs> again, this is something that people probably would never in a million years think that Michelle would do. Um, but it's something that I do regularly because it helps me to decompress, which is number six, to play a video game. Now, again, this might sound completely counterproductive, so just hang in with me here. I know there's probably a million people going, are you serious? Like, I have a pile of 10,000 things I have to do. Where am I going to find the time for a video game, right? I get it. I'm with you. I understand. However... This is, this is something that actually came up from Geico. I was doing some research just, you know, around it because a lot of the time I would think, especially in my own life, like, oh my gosh, if I'm going to play a video game, that's a lot of dedication. That's completely, you know, not in my realm of what I normally do. But Geico actually did a study a couple of years ago that showed video games were actually a workout for your brain and that they had multiple stress reducing benefits. And they also increased your brain's gray matter. Now, if you don't know what gray matter is, it's basically associated with muscle control, memories, perception, spatial navigation, that kind of stuff. But video games have the potential to not only increase your social skills, uh, but they also help you to become a better problem solver, 
and they also boost mood and mental health. So next time that you're yelling at the kids to put the controller down, maybe you should pick it up and just play with them. Of course, everything is in moderation, but believe it or not, when you spend some time playing video games, whether it's something as silly on your phone that's just a time killer, uh, or maybe it's it's a, a massive role-playing game, whatever the case is, if you need to get out of your own way, this is something that you could do just long enough to come up with some brilliant ideas or solutions to overcome your overwhelm. Now, I'm going to ask this, and I, I don't know if any, how many people are going to be brave enough to raise hands and admit this, but how many of you play video games, have played video games, not something that you like do on a regular basis. Maybe you're not like, you know, the habitual gamer, but how many of you have played video games to try and help, help with your overwhelm? Anybody? Anybody I haven't tried it, but Michelle, what video game should we play? Tell us get what we should play. Get the hell out of here. Don't buy into this narrative. There's no <laughs> video you. games There's to get. Evidence what the hell are we talking about? Yeah. The world's gone crazy. Forget no. playing a video game. Work on you, man. Crazy. Come on. Everyone's, everyone is taking these games and, and, and things to, to, uh, to, 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 to avoid digging in dug into man i i'm the prophet of doom by by talking about reality you can sharpen your brain by doing good work too and working on you and playing video games uh and let me tell you something you play seven hours worth of video games and your problems every freaking one of them still going to be there when you're done you play an hour's worth the problems are still going to be there so let's deal with reality and not the problems the opportunities who the hell wants to focus on problems all day the opportunities are going to be there and while you're playing video games and and, and you're in the what we call the world of distraction your, your situation your opportunities are going away your problems are getting bigger and and so you know and i get it michelle i get it your cognitive ability can be improved by playing video games it can also be improved by reading a book it can also and, and improved by reading a book and then getting something out of it okay and so you know this world of disconnect we've gone from watching seven hours of television a day as a society we don't do that anymore but now we're on the internet for seven hours and we we, we, we live in a land of distraction what is reality you know and this person man woman who's talking about playing video games is going to sit when, when you say hey why don't we get you to the gym i don't have any time do you read books i don't have any time yeah it's the same nonsense so i mean again i'm not certainly not looking to i think we lost brian in the matrix I just want to go i just want to go and give a different perspective on things that this this land of make is not going to help you get to where you want to go you know michelle if you text me the video game i'll try it and i'll let everyone know which side i'm on i don't have an opinion because i, haven't I, tried I it love yet, it and again guys it. you have to understand i am not talking about that somebody who is habitually diverting from their task list or their responsibilities and going and, you know, and spending hours upon hours upon hours in a video game. For me personally, if, if I, if I break from something like I, I might play solitaire, but here lately, so I bought an arrow ski machine guys. A lot of, you know, you know, I've been on this health and fitness journey for the last year. And uh, one thing that I am really passionate about in life is skiing, right? I love to ski. I love hitting the slopes. And up until now, like I, I had gained so much weight through all the tragedy and things that I went through. Um, I've lost over 130 pounds in the last year. And so one thing I see, we got a hot mic. Can somebody grab that for me? Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. 
One thing that in the last year, you know, like I said, I've gotten really cognizant about my health and fitness. So one of the video games that I actually play came with my, my ski machine. Um, it, it's a virtual reality type thing. And there's a lot of those virtual reality type things that are fun and they make fitness fun. So what I do to decompress and in my downtime, I literally will hop on my ski machine, right? And it literally is like a ski simulator. You're really going over like the, the, the slopes and you have the option, you know, whether you want to do like a regular hill or a black diamond or whatever it is. That for me is like my decompression, right? Or sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll play just like the time passing things, but I set a time limit, right? Everything in moderation. I say play the video game because sometimes that's a really quick way to just kind of snap your brain out of that like brain fog mode and, and give you a little bit of an endorphin rush, right? Again, I'm not saying become that habitual gamer or somebody that just sits there meaninglessly and doesn't do what needs to be done. Taking action is so important. But set a timer for maybe 15, 20 minutes where you can just kind of take a break from the space, take a break from the overwhelm. And then a lot of times, like I said, when you do things like that, it has the tendency where it can boost your endorphins. It can help with sometimes the mental health. It gives you a mood boost. These are clinically proven facts from science, right? From science and doctors. I'm not just making this up off of the top of my head. So please understand that. <laughs> Anybody want to chime in on that? Well said. My name is B. Uh, B. Jacob, and I do play a uh, video game. I play with my son. Sometimes we play even online, remotely. It helps you to distress. It helps you to reset. When you are playing video game, you play with all your senses, eyes, nose, everywhere. You know, it's like everything is not happening right now. Then when you finish playing, then you are good to go. Good to go. My name is B. Jacob. Thank you. I love it. And thanks for chiming in on that. Yeah. So like I said, sometimes I'll throw out the unconventional and I'm merely coming from a personal place of, of things that worked for me. Right. Again, like I, I'm not that person. Like I won't sit in, in front of a video game for hours and hours. That's that's mindless. But like I said, sometimes if I just need a quick break in the day or, you know, I've been I've been staring at my phone for hours on end or I've been at my computer working on a project. I need to get up and I need to just take my brain and I need to do something else temporarily so that I can get back into the right frame of mind. And like I said, I'll hop on my ski machine. Um, I, I just purchased an Oculus. I haven't gotten it yet, but I hear great things um, diving into kind of like that virtual reality. And I mainly bought it for the exercise benefits. I don't always have time, nor do I have like a reputable, great gym here. The gym that I go to, it has the weirdest, craziest hours. Uh, and especially through COVID, you know, a lot of the parts of that were closed down. So I'll meet my trainer at the gym like one day a week, but the rest of the time or when they're closed or, or they have some unforeseen mishap where they don't have people to work and I can't get into the gym, that's a really great thing for me to go to. I can go to those virtual reality games and believe it or not, they will, they will get me in shape and they will get my 30, 45 minute workouts knocked out for me in no time. And it adds an element of fun because I love to do it. I'm getting the exercise and the health benefits from it. And again, it's taking my brain and, it, and it's giving me that endorphin boost, not just because of the exercise, but because it's giving me like a fun way to do something. So like I said, you don't have to agree with me, but I think that it's a great way that sometimes you can just unplug and you can take yourself away from, from the mundane, right? So I, I want to go into- Sarah was flashing as well. Go ahead, Sarah. I would love for her to chime in. Oh, thank you so much, Brielle and Michelle and Brian. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit on two really important things that I wanted to highlight. The first is that not every piece of advice is for every person. And I think that's what's so valuable about having a whole segment is that you can pull out the thread that resonates with you. And I also think 
that what you and Brian are hitting on is that when you look for that tip or that lesson that's going to be successful for you, you have to be really honest with yourself about whether it's a behavior that's actually serving you, right? So I think to Brian's point, like, don't, you know, if you, you know, they say like sitting is the new smoking, right? So like, if you've been sitting all day, don't use Michelle's segment as an excuse to be like, I get to sit here and play a violent video game for 30 minutes, because that's going to boost my cognition. You know what I mean? Like, make sure that you're doing something that's actually serving you. Because what you're talking about, Michelle, you know, doing a virtual workout is an entirely different animal. And so I think that how, what advice we choose to take and how we choose to take it, you can take any advice any way you want. Like you said, you could use it to sit and do something mindless or do something negative, or um, you could know whether or not that's the advice for you or use it to do something additive. Here's, here's a good rule to st stick by. If it's easy to do, don't do it. And, you know, my concern, Michelle, is what Sarah spoke of, is that it's a slippery slope. And, you know, my father many years ago, he smoked uh, two packs a day. And I was a kid and I was putting pictures on the refrigerator of black lungs and stuff. I wanted to stop smoking. And, you know, as a 14 year old, they convinced him to go to a doctor. He went to the doctor and the doctor said, you're fine. And uh, don't worry about it. And why? Because the doctor smoked four packs a day. So, you know, you got to be real careful with what you, what we speak about because it's a very slippery slope. I, I just um, Googled the average amount of time people spend on video games per day. And the answer that Google came up with uh, is five hours, five hours. So, you know, again, for those that have the five discipline. Five hours. Five hours. That's, that, that's, that's cool. Yeah. So, so, you know, so it, it's, it's because it's easy to do. You, you think running five hours is easy to do? Do you think studying five hours is easy to do? No. Do you think working in a field is easy to do for five? No, but these things are good for you. Uh, the, the gentleman that talked about playing video games with his son, well, that's a noble task. Uh, please, uh, that's not what I'm talking to and what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, hey, I need a little break. Well, well you know what? If you, I, I, I learned when I was a kid, right, that, that you have appetizer, you have the main meal, and then you have dessert in that order. So consider that dessert. And if you have your day planned out and all, I mean, all of the stuff that's going to move you forward, all of the stuff is done, then have your dessert and, and, and jack around playing video games and pop off and release your, your, your tensions up. Great. But don't have dessert before the appetizer. Don't have dessert before the main nutrition. Don't, don't do that. And, and so many of us... So many of us do that. It's it's easy, and those things that are easy to do are, are not necessarily good for you. That's my my point. And so so smoking one cigarette's no big deal, but it leads to two to three. Having a sip of wine leads to a glass, leads to a bottle, leads to a life of addiction. And and, and where do these things start? So the easiest way to 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 stop or get rid of a bad habit is to not start it. And if I don't play video games. I get it. The technology is wonderful. The graphics are amazing. Oh, my God, the simulation's great. But this, you got to ask yourself, what could I be doing that's going to move me in a better direction? And I get it. There are times you just want to chill. I get that and have that time. But have that time with a purpose after you've done the things that you need to do. I have a testimony. Uh, my name is B. Uh, B. Jacob. Um, games, video games, could be um, addictive, at the same time, educational. I am a single dad, and the way I was able to bring 
my son to where he is today. He's 24 years old, by the way. BSc in biochemistry, master degree in biotechnology. Right now, I got a new job, associate development scientist in Oxford in the UK. Video game, educational. Thank you. And, and again, I think that that's a fantastic use of that technology. Uh, you know, but that, I don't think that's the majority uh, that we're talking to in there. And, and so, you know, I, I, I preface what you're saying. You know, you're saying. I, I uh, was reading The Three Little Pigs to my daughter uh, when she was four. And she liked the story. And then I thought, what about, and I went to YouTube. And I, we, we, we played the video of uh, the, the story uh, that was an animated video. And she was giggling and she was laughing. And the big bad wolf, she went, oh, and she was afraid of the big bad wolf. And, but, you know, I had, and then I walked her outside and I said, look, the little piggy that built the house of brick, look, our house is brick. We're okay. Don't worry. We, we can, you know, and so I think there's tremendous value in that. But, you know, I'm, I'm, sadly, so many of these quote-unquote gamers spend hours. And remember, the average video player plays for five hours. That means someone's playing for ten and somebody else is playing for one to get an average of five. Ten hours. I mean, my God, what can you do with ten hours a day? You know what the answer is? Anything in the world you want. Like I said, guys, I am not, if by any means, indicating that we take the path of least resistance. I am literally giving scientific evidence behind something that you can spend 10, 15, 20 minutes if you need a mental break. Because, again, we are talking about tips for handling overwhelm today. So that yeah, is something that I personally have done. Yes, yes, yes. He was that speaking. Yes. Um, I wanted to attest, actually, on a health science uh, perspective of what you're saying, especially with it as a strategy. So in my um, at my university, our um, the professor over our sports medicine program, that was a strategy that used to help us get through our simulations because we had eight hours of testing anyone who's in healthcare knows how long and how tedious that is so we got to a point where we just couldn't you know get past a certain score so she started having us and i'm telling my age we were playing mortal kombat and um what's the other one uh wwf so it was like a wrestling uh game and guess what every time we did that and we were studying we were talking about 10 12 hours our scores would go up to the point of all of us got to a certain level that she needed us to be and all of us murdered our, our um, exams so i just wanted the test when you have a set time not just willy-nilly it it does work like i really truly think those video games actually helped us you know pass our national board exam so i'm shante with the flair i love it and thank you so much for chiming in yes 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 like i said everything in moderation everything in moderation so i want to take us into tip number seven uh and again i think this is something that a lot of people do struggle with but number seven number seven tip for dealing with perpetual overwhelm is being okay with being perfectly imperfect. Perfectionism is one of the greatest affliction I think that aids our overwhelm. As a fellow perfectionist, believe me, I know I'm getting better, but I have what I call creative OCD. And even in, if something is like the smallest fraction of a percentage off or it just doesn't look right to me, I will go back and I redo it. Sometimes I'll go back and redo it five, 10, 15, 20 times because I have that perfectionism mechanism going through my brain. And I think it was Sheryl Sandberg that once said, done is better than perfect, right? So sometimes we need to learn to give ourselves grace and understand and accept that we don't always have to be perfect. Per Our kids, perfection, 
perfection is the lo- actually is the lowest of standards you know not not the highest the lowest of standards and progress over perfection every time every single time because you, you know per- there's nothing that's perfect there's no act that could not be improved there's no painting that could not be improved upon there's no written sentence that can't be made better there's no performance that couldn't be enhanced somewhere so when you when you start saying you're going for perfection you're setting yourself up to fail and many times when you set yourself up to fail you don't even start yeah i couldn't agree with you more and, and again it's is something that it's an affliction that i have struggled with my whole life you know whether it was on standardized testing or you know trying to be at the top of the class whatever it was i mean literally since i was a kid i have struggled with trying to be perfect and i think generally speaking you know kids friends coworkers, even clients they're going to be much happier with us as humans when we're happy humans, right? So it's great to have a great work ethic, right? I, I have a ridiculous work ethic. Work ethic, in my opinion, is priceless, and it will take you places in life. But don't become so much of a perfectionist that you're becoming overwhelmed and not living your life, too. If the people and clients that are around you are happy and they're saying, hey, job well done, say thank you and move on, right? Move on to the next task. Move on to the next project. You're always going to be able to find something that isn't perfect, but sometimes, guys, that's perfectly okay. And so that's what I want to leave you guys with this morning. I so appreciate you. And I would love to open this up. We've got about seven minutes left. And I do also want to let you guys know this is Finance Friday, of course. And my very dear friend, Scott Simons, is going to be up at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. He has an amazing interview and segment with financial advisor Claudio Gambin. Is actually the advisor to Ben Newman, Wealth Strategy, all of that stuff. So, guys, make sure that you stick around for that incredible segment. Uh, but I would love to open this up, like I said, for the last few minutes here. Guys, if you have a tip for tackling perpetual overwhelm, maybe you don't believe the way that I believe and thinking that it's okay to take a 10 minute video game break, but that's perfectly fine. I would love for you guys to chime in on here. Let me know what it is that you do when you're feeling that overwhelm, when you feel like you have this heaping pile of stuff on your plate. Uh, what are some ways that you guys handle it? If you got something you want to chime in on that, I would love to hear from some new faces here this morning. Click on that. Was it Monica? Monica, did I see you flashing? Oh, I'm not a new face. <laughs> well, you're clearly not a new face, but I was saying new to the conversation here. So who wants to chime in on that? Is there some kind of a piece of advice or a tip, something that perhaps you guys do when you're feeling like that chaos, that overwhelm, that burden. Uh, I see Scott Simon's still here on stage. Scott, you are one of the most fantastic people in the world that I know when it comes to tackling time management and trying to you know, transition yourself away from things that overwhelm, right? Do you have any tips for our users this morning or our listeners? Scott Simons, where's my tribe at this morning? Seems like everybody's on the back burner. Yeah, I see Dr. Rowe, good morning. Hi, how are you? I am wonderful, my friend. How are you? I'm great. I'm loving what you're talking about. I am in that state right now. I wouldn't say completely overwhelmed, but when those times come, we've heard this many times before, it is so essential to just pause and and be still. When we try to pile on so much or do so much, it uh, becomes chaotic mentally, emotionally, spiritually, 
in all aspects. So for me, that's pausing. Uh, Self-care, number one, has been at the forefront of my life this last year, and it has made such a difference where clarity is uh, right in front of me and anything that's going on, I can see it clearly before just jumping into it. And then lastly, I pray. Um, prayer is the number one part of my life. And for those who choose to pray or meditate, whatever it is you do, when I have divine direction, I know that whatever happens, it is going to be for the glory of God. With that, I give the mic back to you and thank you so much for the conversation. Oh, I love that you said that, Dr. Rowe. Yeah, you know, that that divine aspect of my life is so incredibly important. And one thing I do want to say, guys, if you're here and you're on this stage with us this morning or you're in the audience, guys, we are all encompassing, all embracing. Sometimes you will hear us share our personal values and beliefs. But again, you know, we welcome all. But yes, as you said, Dr. Rowe, that's, that's a really, really good point that you made. And that's something that uh, I think constantly kind of takes me out of that, that headspace, right? Letting go letting God, I have had to do it so many times in my life, especially, you know, when I've gone through like the really trying times, uh, understanding that not everything right is always within our control. And sometimes we have to kind of shift and pivot and we have to be able to just kind of let that go. So whether you choose to believe in God or the universe or, or whatever it is that, that you choose to believe in, uh, just being able, I think, sometimes to let go of that complete control um, and understand that everything does happen for a reason. Things are going to are going to take shift in life. Sometimes uh, they are within our control and sometimes they're not. Um, and when you're facing things that are out of your control that are leading to perpetual overwhelm, I think that's really important. Like, you know, and when you go back to step one, right? which is identifying the root cause of your state of mind, you know, and the tasks or the things that are causing that emotional state of overwhelm. As we said at the top, like I said, the definition of overwhelm is to defeat completely. And guys, if you are here today, if your heart is beating, if you have breath in your lungs, you are not completely defeated, right? You still have a purpose. There is a reason that you are here. And so I guess that's why I allude to the fact that overwhelm really is a state of mind rather than an actual state of being. So guys, we've got about three minutes left here. I do just want to quickly recap the seven tips that we talked about this morning for dealing with perpetual overwhelm. And again, these are simply my ideas. You don't have to take all of them, but if you do take one thing away today, uh, hopefully you come out a little bit better and a little more ahead of your overwhelming tasks. So number one, again, identifying the root cause of your overwhelm. Number two, exploring outcomes. Again, taking a task list, writing down why you feel overwhelmed, and then putting those in order of the greatest overwhelm to the least, literally from 10 to one or however many you write down. And then we start tackling that big, 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 big thing first. And we start writing Writing down things like what are the possible outcomes? What are the possible solutions? When you start diving into that, it makes things a little bit easier and more manageable than trying to attack everything at once. Uh, again, number three, asking for assistance. Number four, learning how to say no and meaning it, as Brian has shared with us. Again, no is a complete sentence. Number five, plan a date with yourself, significant other, with your kids, whatever the case may be. Uh, just finding something that makes you passionate and fueled with fire and doing that thing. Again, we just talked about, you know, there are different sides of this coin, uh, but I say 
that sometimes taking a 15, 20 minute break and playing a video game has health benefits and it can help boost your mood, your mental health. Uh, there's a lot of benefits to that from a scientific perspective, increases your brain's gray matter. Uh, Brian, of course, may not agree with me, but again, that's just something that I personally have done. Again, everything in moderation. And number seven, being okay with being perfectly imperfect, ditching the idea that we have to be perfect in everything that we do. So guys, as we wrap up here this morning again, thank you so much for sharing this past hour with us. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.